0: The University of Kansas Health System is proud to be the official health care provider of the Kansas City Currents. From youth athletes to the pros, we put player care first to turn their dreams into reality. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash Currents. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 15 10 a.m. 94.5 FM and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Keep on, keep on. Welcome to the home stretch. ESPN Kansas City Live in Studio on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Kyle is behind the glass if you're wondering. You're like, "Hey, I think I heard what you said on Wednesday before." You probably did, because I took yesterday off to go golf. So I ran back some stuff from Tuesday. I did six hours of radio Tuesday. Six hours. I figured, you know what? That's enough. I have nothing else to add. Give me a day off to hit the sticks. Yeah, it's a bye week for the Chiefs, too. The bye week for the Chiefs. Yeah. So what did I do? Took a bye day. Took a bye there day. You go. And went to Minor Park. Oh, yeah. Shot a salty little 82. Little 82. It was nice. Beautiful day. Sun was shining. Thought about taking the day off and golfing again.
1: <laughs> I would have understood because, you know what, you got to get the rounds in while you can.
0: Exactly. You get them in while you can. It's yeah. it's Anytime you can get November golf and it's not freezing, you take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah.
1: So I took advantage of it. It's like getting 7 innings from a starter. You take you, you, it while you can. You do. You
0: take it while you cuz eventually that guy is going to blow up. Yeah. He's going to he got. you got to pull him. Got to go to the bullpen early. Okay? Eventually, it gets dark too early. It's cold. I can't go. So I'm going while I can. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Well, we got a fun show today. We're going to do some superlatives, some awards. I did talk some awards with Daniel Harms the other day on Tuesday evening on 810, but I'm going to get Kyle's opinion. I want to give some of my opinions in here as well. We're going to give some awards for the Chiefs as well as some awards for the NFL National as well. Going to be a lot of fun, so I'm very excited to get this thing underway. Let's start first with the Chiefs. Let's do Chiefs first as we transition into the NFL. Let's start with the most valuable player, you leave this for last, but uh, I don't want to. Kyle, I don't want to leave it for last. I'm going to do it now. It's gonna. We're going to start with a heavy hitter. Uh, most valuable player on offense for the Kansas City Chiefs this year is who?
1: Me first or you first?
0: You first. Right. I, I pose the
1: question. I think it boils down to two players. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Without Kelsey uh, that very first week of the season, we kind of saw what the offense was like. He is what makes this offense go. Without him, I do not consider the Chiefs a... They're still a Super Bowl contender. I don't consider them the favorite without Travis Kelsey.
0: I would agree with that. I I think Travis Kelsey is the way I'm going as well. Uh, I think it's the obvious answer, and I think it's the right answer. You know, I think you can probably try and talk yourself into Mahomes. You can try and talk yourself into uh, maybe uh, Joe Tooney, even if you wanted to. Uh, But it's Travis Kelsey. That that is the correct answer, in my opinion. Uh, Mahomes has been a little down, although I will say quarterbacks around the NFL scoring has been down. You, You want a little fun little tidbit here. Guess who's the favorite to win MVP right now? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He's having a down year. I don't think it's just the receivers. Something just is not clicking. I don't know if it's what defenses are throwing at him. I don't know if it's the addition of uh, Matt Nagy to OC, a lot of turnover at the coaching position in general, right? New wide receiver coach, new quarterback coach, new uh, running back coach. Matt Nagy's now the guy at OC while Eric Bannum going. There's a lot of moving parts here, right? Not just on the field, but coaching, Something's just slight disconnect. I'm not saying he's been bad, but we've come to expect greatness from Mahomes. We've come to expect the clear-cut best quarterback in the NFL. And while he's been very good, it's not up to the Mahomesian standards. Uh, so for me, I'm going Travis Kelsey. He's still on pace for over 1,100 yards this season. Uh, you know, in eight games, he's close to 600 yards, like 597. You're right, man. It's, it's Travis Kelsey. While he has been banged up. He's been the one constant for the most part. I think outside of last game against Miami, he's been the constant. He's been the guy that the Chiefs look to, Mahomes looks to, and he gets open. Uh, Travis Kelsey would be my MVP for offense, although I do think a little um, interesting case could be made for Harrison Butker. I know it's special teams, so that's a little uh, caveat, yeah, right? He, he has little, been nails this year. He had to miss a kick, right? He's been a secret weapon when the offense stalls. What happens? It's Butker. It's like again, if you go back to the bullpen, going back to the bullpen right there, your starter's getting shelled. You turn to the bullpen. Yeah, he gives you four scoreless. Yeah. That's, that's Butker, baby. The He's long been, relief the option. The long relief option. He's been great. Butker's been nailed. So uh, I'm going Kelsey. But if you want a little fun one, I I will entertain Butker. Uh, most valuable player on defense, Kyle. Who do you have?
1: I'm going to go with Drew Tranquil mm. with the uh, with the unfortunate injury, uh, you know, several injuries actually to Nick Bolton this year. Uh, Brett Veach I think made an elite free agent signing, bringing in Drew Tranquil. And I think when he signed him, most people thought, well, "What's that going to do to Willie Gay's snap count?" What, Nick Bolton's he's a he's a Pro Bowl player. No, Drew Tranquil has stepped in uh, with the uh, with Nick Bolton going down, and he has performed more than admirably. He's been sort of the leader of this defense.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good call. Um, The signing of Drew Tranquil, and and you mentioned it, you know, where is he going to fit in? And and my original thought process was, uh, I don't think we're going to see much of Willie Gay Jr. That's where I originally thought was, all right, you know, Willie Gay Jr. has perpetually been the potential guy, but potential is just potential. Until you do it, where is the production? Drew Tranquil's been productive as a pass rusher, green dot in coverage, getting dudes set up. He, he he's outstanding. But then Nick Bolton went down, and you see why having depth, plurality at a certain position, especially a position is so important as you know the green dot right the, the play caller or at least the play um, relayer. It's important. Chiefs double down there and it's worked out for them. I like Drew Tranquil. I wouldn't go there personally. I think there's a couple ways I'm going to go for MVP defensively. Uh, I think Carl Lovitz has a case. I think Mike Dana has a uh, has a case as always as the most underrated. I, I'm not saying he is, but he's the most underrated uh, I think player again defensive player for the Chiefs. Chris Jones maybe. Drew McDuffie Yeah, I'm going McDuffie, man. He's been so good. He's, he's everywhere. He is everywhere on the field in the run game. Uh, Spags asks a lot from his corners in the run game he shows up great tackler um, you know he's not going to get a lot of interceptions that's not his game that's not what he does best he's a little shorter shorter arms not going to high point it but he's forced four fumbles one or two you can chalk up to yeah, luck he is tied four. for first place in the entire league yeah, one or two I think you say alright th- that could be luck right mm-hmm. right place right time four that's a knack Yeah, it's a skill set it's a trait He brings that to the table. That's that's an addition. And he's always in the right spot, it seems like. My concern level, when he was drafted in the Super Bowl, and partly through the preseason this year, I saw it twice, against A.J. Brown in the Super Bowl and once in the preseason. When he gets beat, he doesn't have the ability to recover as well because he's not the fastest, not the biggest. So he gets beat. A lot of times it's game over. But it doesn't matter If you don't get beat, right. And he's not getting beat. And and that's what it comes down to is he's just perpetually been in the right spot. I know against Miami, some folks might say that game when he gave it that touchdown, right? He kind of got beat. It kind of was a push off. Um, You know, I'm not going to sit here and complain about that necessarily. I'm not going to sit here and say it was an obvious push off, but it sure seemed like it could have been a OPI. But again, he's been so good. Corners aren't going to have a 100% 100 lockdown rate. Like we know that in today's NFL, especially with the rules stacked against them. He's been so good. So for me, most valuable player defensive for the, for the Chiefs has been Trent McDuffie. Um, rookie of the Year. <laughs> uh, Keiondra Coburn. Oh, <laughs>
1: what? Oh, man, that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all know the answer to this question, though.
0: Rasheed Rice. Yep. This, this was the easiest one here, Kyle. Rasheed Rice. Uh, breakout of the Year. Who is your Breakout Player of the Year for the Chiefs? For this one, I'm going to go Willie Gay Jr.
1: I think Willie Gay has been phenomenal in the run game this year and in coverage. Alongside Drew Tranquil, he has sort of been the uh, my number two for the most valuable uh, player on the defense uh, this year so far. He's really putting it together in a way we haven't seen. He's been healthy. He's been productive. And in a contract year, he's finally putting it together.
0: Yeah, contract year never fails. Willie Gay Jr., I'm with you, man. He's he's just... Again, it went from potential to actually doing it. He went from a guy who I thought was going to struggle to see the field to a guy who's been a legitimate starter and an impact player. Carl uh, Loftus is another guy I'm going to make a case for here because I think Carl Loftus... Uh, I'm going Willie Gay Jr., but I think Carl Loftus, I'm going to make a case for here too. Um, he has six sacks. Mo- Team leader. The motor we knew about. But I always laugh because when I was very high on him before the Chiefs drafted him. I wanted him to get drafted to Kansas City because I get he doesn't have the upside as some of the elite guys because of the bend. But when folks said he's the finished product, I go, he's 21, or he was 21 at the time, one of the youngest dudes in the draft, from Greece, and a guy who played water polo. Like, he's still learning. How is that not a guy who has upside? Clearly, he has upside, and he had the floor. I was thrilled by the floor, mo- first and foremost. I just thought it was a little absurd that folks kept throwing out he was um, a finished product. As somehow Boye Mafé, who was two years older, was going to have all the pot- uh, all the potential in the world. Right, it Made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Karloff, to me, looks um, very improved. Uh, a better job of taking down the quarterback. I get he doesn't win a ton just with... Um, like, up front. Like, a lot of it is coverage sacks. A lot of it is help with Chris Jones. I get that. But that's also a little bit what he was drafted to be. A guy who could help with coverage sacks. A guy who could bring down the quarterback when he got to him. Uh, last year, there was a little of a struggle early on in the year, right? He would get the pressures, but where was the result? Mm-hmm. You know, pressures are great, but w- where's the next level? Bringing him down. Well, he's done that this year, and that, to me, has stood out. So I want to give a huge shout-out to George Karloftis, uh, bust of the year. Few guys you can go to here, bust of the year. There are, and there are several candidates
1: in my head, and they all play the wide receiver position. I'm going to go Sky Moore. I really was expecting a lot more. I remember Sterling doing this show on 1510, doing the home stretch on 810. We all talked about Sky Moore uh, possibly leading this team in receptions. It just has not been there this year. Whether it's a lack of, you know, getting open or just not catching the darn ball. Sky Moore has been uh, my biggest disappointment thus far.
0: Yeah, I'm going with that as well. It's interesting because you can make a case for, I've I've heard Justin Ross, but for me, how can you be an undrafted guy who hasn't played? Hasn't played. Yeah, it's just uh, that I I get it. If people had high expectations about him and that's where you want to go, I'm not going to blame you. Um, you know, maybe you can make the case for early on Jawan Taylor, but he's really stepped up. Maybe if you're really high on Donovan Smith. Um, but I don't think those two guys have been busts by any means. Um, what? Who else? I mean, I think you can say Kadarius Toney, right? Kadarius Toney was yeah. touted as wide receiver one. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, uh, they were being untruthful in regards to expectations for him. But for me, it's it's going to be Sky Moore. I also heard Clyde. I, when, when I did this uh, the other day, I heard some folks say Clyde, and I go, but that, that's his career in Kansas City, not just this year. If, if you, you had have... high expectations from this year, that's on you. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people did. For me, though, I was very high, and as you mentioned, on Sky. I thought Sky Moore was going to take over the juju role, was going to thrive in the slot, thought he was going to be a... Uh, um, a security a, blanket. A security blanket, yeah. A- and he's not been... Um, He made a couple of good catches last week against Miami. You know, I was thrilled, and then he disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, at times, I do think he is open. I think he gets open more than people give him credit for. But that also comes with the, with the case of that means Mahomes isn't trusting him. He's, he's had a couple of drops. I do think, to an extent, it's not all his fault. And you might say, why? He's a slot receiver. He's playing on the outside. That's not his game. He doesn't have the size, not necessarily the speed for it. Um, I don't think he's being put in the best position possible to succeed. And it's not also the Chiefs' fault. They don't ha- or at least Andy Reid's fault. Who else do you put on the outside? Rasheed Rice has been thriving in the slot. He's starting to get a little more and more uh, action on the outside. But the Chiefs are a team filled with slot receivers. I mean, MVS and Justin Watson are the only non slots. Rasheed Rice is a power slot. Sky Moore is a slot. McCole Hardman does his best work in the slot. You know, you look around, Kadarius Tony is a slot receiver. And you're sitting here going, well, you have too many duplicates at one spot. It's a little different. You talk to. A lot of former pro receivers, NFL receivers, you know, I talked to a few Chiefs former receivers. and They're saying the same thing. It's, it's a lot different when you're in the slot. You're going up against, you know, safeties, occasional linebackers, the, a lot of times slot corner. You're not going up against the best cornerbacks on the, on the team. A lot of times if you're in the slot, you have the advantage, especially athletically. You're, you're on the outside. You might not. So I think Sky for me is the biggest, you know, um, disappointment so far. But also, I don't think it's all his fault. Uh, let's go with the biggest good surprise of the season. What's been the biggest good surprise of the season in totality for the Chiefs?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, there's a number of ways I could I could go with this. Uh, I'm going to say the defensive line group as a whole. You know, starting out this season, Frank Clark gone. O'Minahue suspended for six weeks. Uh, Chris Jones did not start off the year playing with the teams uh, in training camp and week one. They have responded incredibly well, and that's mostly thanks to Carl Loftus, Mike Dana. Now that Jones and Minihue, those guys are back, and FAU to begin the year. Mm-hmm. I know we haven't seen him recently, uh, That to no fault of his own. The studs came back.
0: And, well, really quickly, just like you said, no fault of his own. Very good point, and I wish everyone would hear that. On Felix? Because I'm tired of people on Twitter I've seen a lot of messages when I'm doing podcasts and just live stuff, and they'll say, you know, where's FAU? If he can't see the field as a first-rounder, he's a bust already. And I'm sitting here going, he was drafted as a developmental, yes, developmental in the first round, one of the youngest inns coming out of college, played in a little wonky three-three-five K-State setup. Oh, and by the way, it's a good thing. Who is he taking snaps away from? Karloftis has six sacks. Chris Jones has five-and-a-half in his Chris Bleepin' Jones. Sorry, I was cussed there. Mike Dana has, what, five sacks? Five and a half sacks? Five and a half. Five and a half sacks. Um, Charles Amin, who was your big free agent offseason signing. Right? I get Chris Jones plays in the interior a lot, but he also goes outside on obvious pass rushing downs. Amin, who both inside, but he plays outside predominantly. He's not getting snaps over Dana or Karlovis or those two guys when they kick outside. Yeah. Like, I like FAU, and I like what he's going to become here, but that's a good thing. If he was seeing a ton of snaps, that means either someone was a bust and fell off, or there was a major injury. Right. So that's all I want to say. I wanna them, uh, if, if you have some concerns about FAU, don't worry. To me, that's unfounded. Yeah, it's a project, and
1: I think, yeah, definitely. More people need to realize he he should not be playing a major role, and that's a good thing, because that means this de- defensive line is performing, producing. Yeah. So that is my... Uh, Good surprise of the year because I was not high on them to begin the year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Butker again. Um, I'm going with Butker for for not necessarily for me personally because I, I thought he was going to bounce back, but just in totality of what he's become. Because when he went to those extra point woes a couple of years ago, people wanted him gone, and I said, you guys are idiots. When he was injured last year and came back and was missing a few kicks and people wanted him gone, I said, you guys are idiots. Sorry, but that's how I felt. You can have your own feelings, and I'm going to have mine. He's been the second best kicker in the NFL for pretty much ever since he's been in the NFL and not on the Carolina practice squad. Justin Tucker 1, Butker 2. Because when he's healthy, who do you trust more outside of Justin Tucker with the game on the line, 50-plus yards to drill it? It's him.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I remember that game against the Chargers. They called a timeout on his first fifty eight yarder, mm-hmm. I believe. Nails. Doesn't matter. Does it does the same one, turns around, walks it while it's going through.
0: I mean, Butker not only has the leg strength, has the accuracy, he's got the clutch gene, which might be the most important factor for a kicker. You know, it's great if you if you hit ninety percent of them ninety five percent of them when it doesn't really matter, but what do you do with the game on the line? I trust Butker. I get he might miss an extra point here or there, but this year he's been he's been clutch. He's been, he's been perfect. But that's one versus three. That's one versus game on the line. You trust Butker. It was injury last year. I, w- I will stand on that hill. Even when he came back, he was just trying to get right. He was going through a couple of new motions as well, even on kickoffs, right? He went from the 10-yard drop to a 5-yard. He had to readjust some of his actual physical... Traits not just not just mentally. Yeah. So Butker for me. I'm I'm just glad that he's fully back and that people are realizing this is who he is. Last year was the aberration because of the injury. Uh, biggest bad surprise on this season. What's what's been your biggest bad surprise? I'm gonna go back to the wide receiver group. Mm-hmm.
1: The C I now I didn't expect too much for him from him, but I expected more. That's a uh, MVS. Yeah. It seems he has just. Falling off a cliff this year, and it's just each week it's two catches, seventeen yards, twenty-five yards. Mm-hmm. We need more from him, um, and I, I know his route tree, run down the field. He's not that juju security blanket type of wide receiver, but I really did expect more. He's sitting around two hundred something yards this year. Yeah. Last year he was up near seven hundred. I don't I don't think he gets there
0: this year. No, I don't think he does either. Uh, I will say Justin Watson's been a little um, better. Than him on those deep balls, and I wonder if that plays a factor. But you're, but you're right, man. MVS at times you're just, you're just sitting here going, where's he been? He he's the veteran. He's the guy you should be relying on. He's getting paid what eleven million a year. Uh, you got to produce more than that. Um, I think obviously wide receiver and, and and the connection between Mahomes and that's the easy way to go. But I'm going to go a little little larger picture here. I think play calling. I think play calling's been a bad surprise this year. I'm not saying that I would change out Andy Reid for anyone. I think Andy Reid's still the best offensive mind in the NFL. But the perpetual struggles in the red zone, and especially on third and one, fourth and one, and those short-yarded situations have uh, drove me up a wall. They overthink it. They're in jail, a mental jail, on these short-yard situations. Run it. I mean, if you saw the All-22 against Miami, It'll make you even more mad. Mahomes could have ran forward and kneeled for three yards. He wouldn't have been touched. Which also leads me to believe, if you're not going to do a QB sneak, hand it off to Pacheco. I mean, he, he could have gotten four or five yards easy. I mean, it's not just that play. Well, we've seen it year after year, and especially this year in particular, the, the issue looms large. Um, some play calls have been a little head-scratching. Um, you have seen... Andy Reid in the past elevate offenses, even when the players might not be the best. We've seen Andy Reid elevate offenses in big-time games, especially receivers. We've seen him elevate Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Marcus Kemp. Where's it this year? Where's the elevation? Is that on Mahomes? Is it play calling? But to me, I do think some of this has to come down and back on Andy. He's always been... The best at getting guys open, but we've not seen that this year. Again, the Chiefs said at seven and two. All things considered, it's going to be okay. But that's my probably biggest bad takeaway, and it's uh, the play calling.
1: Absolutely, it's tough to complain. But uh, I remember doing this show when Briscoe was here on Tuesday. You know, and he mentioned the Chiefs have sort of given up on the Kadarius Tony project already. After yeah. trading a third rounder for him. Seven snaps against
0: Miami. And you saw the slant. They the treated him like a the receiver. They put him in the slot, and it was a great slant route. Yeah. He he had Amazing the ability to miss. make some dudes miss in a tight space. And then not just that, the physicality to carry guys for some yards after. And then they're like, yeah, it's enough of that. I don't get it. Yeah, I
1: understand he was injured uh, in training camp. He had uh, surgery in the off season, But uh, I'm with Briscoe. I, I do not want to give up on Kadarius Toney because uh while he is that that shiny sports car I want to see I want to see it drive down the street a little bit more often
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break we're come back and Kyle you and I are going to do some NFL midseason awards home stretch ESPN Kansas City welcome back to the home stretch ESPN Kansas City. All right, some NFL mid-season awards as we are now halfway through the 2023-24 season. It's crazy, man. Feels like just the other day it was Lions, Chiefs kicking it off in Arrowhead. Chiefs nine games later sitting there at 7-2. and two. It is a little funny. The Chiefs sit at 7-2 and two and we keep talking about all these issues and the struggles and it's wild how much your viewpoint changes on a team as the success year after year grows, right? Like if this was 2014, 15, we'd be sitting here saying, "Wow, look at it. Look at the 7 and 2 Chiefs." Right? "Look at this. This is crazy. This is nuts, man." But now here we are and we're like, "Yeah, but look at the underlying cracks in the foundations because we know how good this team can be." That's what it comes down to. Is we know how good this team can be. Uh NFL Midseason Awards Who's the best team in the first half of the season so far? Who, who, who is the team for you that's been the best team first half of the season?
1: I'm going to go with the Ravens, the Baltimore mm. Ravens. Uh, defense allowing the fewest amount of points per game. Uh, they're also allowing, I think, the second least uh, yards per game. Their defense has been incredible. Uh, I think they have two of the most impressive wins this year. Absolutely housing uh, Detroit and Seattle. I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, They've been super impressive.
0: Yeah, I'm going Ravens as well. They have the first-ranked defense by points per game and the sixth-ranked offense. Uh, And that sixth-ranked offense is actually growing, right? They struggled a little bit to start the season. And, And struggling is maybe not the right word. They struggled in the red zone. They kept settling for field goals. And I kept saying once they get this figured out, They're going to be lethal. And I kept saying they were a sleeping giant. I said for weeks before they started getting off to this, um, this hot streak, I said, you watch out. They are about to pop off. And they did. I think Todd Munkin is the most underrated part of the entire equation. They went from going horizontally to vertically. Lamar Jackson has always been a better thrower of the football than I think he gets credit for. He's not Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow. He's not the best thrower. But he's not Justin Fields out there. Um Lamar's been great, and the reason why I said the red zone struggles, particularly for the or the uh, the, yeah, the red zone struggles for the, the the Ravens would subside. The reason why they're good in the red zone is because you don't know what they're going to do. Not just throwing the ball, but running the ball. Lamar Jackson is just a game changer, and, and even when the space shrinks, his athleticism and speed just throw it out the window. He will find a way to get up, to to make, get open on the ground. Um, they're effective with Gus Edwards. They can pound the rock. They can beat you in a multiple uh, type of way. Uh, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, while, yeah, maybe not the best receiving core in the NFL by any means, they're pretty darn good. And it's the best they've had in Baltimore in a while. Uh, I think Baltimore, again, and that's not even talking about their a great defense. So, yeah, Baltimore to me have been the most impressive team to start the season. Um, let's go with the biggest good surprise from the first half of the season. Player, team, team. Either or, what's been the biggest good surprise? I'm gonna go with the young offense of the Houston Texans. Why are you? Why are you reading my list? <laughs> why are you? Why are you reading my notes? My fault.
1: C.J. Stroud, who yeah. already has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett, <laughs> saw that stat on Twitter. That's nice. I was flabbergasted. But uh, in working... the
0: five and three, somehow Steelers, which again, Mike Tomlin, hats off yeah. to you.
1: And their point differential is negative forty or yeah, something it's like that. Crazy. And of course, Mike Tomlin has them five and three, but. Tank Dell, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. He's a rookie, having a great rookie year. Uh, C.J. Stroud and those young uh, Houston Texans, uh, very impressive. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, congratulations. Yeah, first-year head coach.
0: So I'm going with Houston, too. I said before the season started, watch out for Houston. I didn't think they'd be quite this good. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I I, I take it back. Record-wise, is not what I thought. You know, I thought they might win seven, eight games this year. You know, they're 500 right now. Um but I said they're gonna be better than people thought because I think they're constructed, they're building in the right way. They got my number one quarterback in the draft. I, I said CJ Stroud was the guy. If you if you are so frustrated with the Wonderlick test, you should be because it's silly, right? Like this dude can read defenses at will as a rookie. They have decent weapons. They drafted Tink Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, in my opinion, was the best free agent tight end to hit the market. They, they grabbed him. They have a good offensive line. They re-signed Laramie Tunsell. They have a decent run game with Damian Pierce and uh, Devin Singleton. Or is it Singletary? Uh, Singletary. And the defense. They decided to go out and get a building block piece with Will Anderson. I like what they've done. Like, I think they're building the correct way. A good head coach, Jameka Ryan's. Like, I like what they've done. Again, I don't think they make the playoffs this year, but if you told me in three years who's going to have a better team, um, Jacksonville or Houston, I'm taking Houston. Like, I, I think Houston is doing this the correct way. You've, you, you've seen why Jacksonville has struggled offensive this year. I know the record, I think it's a little bit of I um, I don't believe in Jacksonville that much quite frankly. Interesting. I I think their record is a little bit of a a mirage. Their defense has actually been great. The defense of Jacksonville has been way better than people have expected. And maybe if you want to be optimistic, you can say, all right, well, the offense will figure it out. But I I don't think their offensive line is very good. So for all those weapons they have, if you can't get the ball out, it doesn't matter. Like Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, And quite frankly, I've said it for a while now. I said it before he was drafted. I'm going to stay on this hill. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback, but I don't think he's this transcendent guy that people want you to believe he is. Yeah. Like, I think he's good. I think he's kind of like Dak Prescott, good. Yeah. Like, coming out of the draft,
1: people thought he was going to be the
0: Andrew Luck type of star. They thought he was going to be the Mahomes, the Mm -hmm. like, the Joe Burrow, Josh Shetley. I don't like. I don't think he's as good as Justin Herbert. I know record wise and all that. Like, but let's be real. If you're starting a franchise, who are you taking Herbert or, or, or Trevor Lawrence? Because I think team has a lot to do with it. You're, you're taking Herbert. I think what seven out of ten, eight out of ten people would. The majority would. I'm, I'm taking Herbert yeah. over. No, no question. Yeah. Um, I think he's good. But if you have that many weapons, you have a great play caller, and you are 21st in offensive EPO, uh, EPA. You know, sometimes that has to fall on the shoulders of Trevor Lawrence, too. I know the offensive line isn't great, but you have that many weapons and a great play caller. You should be doing a little better than a bottom third. Um, What about most disappointing player teams so far from the first half? Uh,
1: I'm not sure why this is my answer, because I don't know what else I expected. But I'm going to go with the New York Giants. I'm tired of watching them. I'm tired of talking about them. I'm tired of hearing about him enough with Daniel Jones and the New York football giants.
0: He has been hurt. A yeah. lot, I'm aware. He's been hurt a lot. Um I think it's a good one. I think the Giants are a really good one. Because I was fairly high on them because I thought, okay, bad NFC. They did win a playoff game last year. They got some pieces, but Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, Another, another big dude on the defensive line. Um, Saquon Barkley was re-signed. Daniel Jones maybe takes the next step. I like Brian Dable as a head coach. I still like Brian Dable as a head coach, honestly. I don't think he's the main issue there. But they just look bad. Defense actually had looked decent until last week. They got no receivers. They got... Now they've got Darren Waller on, on injured reserve. Yeah. <sighs> Tommy DeVito is starting, he should not be in the NFL. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't understand how he got a, a spot. Like, seriously, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, he makes Nathan Peterman look good. Like, they're scared to throw the football with him. If you're a quarterback, backup or not, and the team is scared to throw the football with you, what are you doing? Like, I, I just don't see it, so... I think Charters would be there. I think Justin Fields would be the player that's been most disappointed. I understand injury and stuff, but not for me. Again, this is another one where I feel pretty, pretty happy about my process here. I I didn't see Justin Fields taking this massive step forward. He was a very heavily bet on player to win MVP, and I just did not see it. Didn't understand it. Never will. And you're seeing why. He's just not that guy. He's not that guy great athlete he's not but he does not have the arm of Lamar Jackson he doesn't have the um, processing ability of Lamar Jackson or, or even Kyler Murray like I, I think yeah. like sorry I just, I just I never saw it with fields and I don't see it now but for team I think Bill's record Ooh, but I, I think the bills are still a really good team so I I, I, I don't think that uh, as much as the record's not great I believe in the bills still so take that as you will. The most disappointing team for me, Chargers. Yeah, that's a great one there. I actually thought they didn't have a ton of pressure on them this year, and so I expected more from them this year than I have in the past. Yeah. I didn't expect them to win the AFC West, but I thought, you know what? After losing in the playoffs, after being up 27-0, nothing, they blew it and all that stuff. ago, they're going to bounce back. They got Kellen Moore's EOC now. Often should be humming. They'll unleash Justin Herbert. They'll finally use him. I get Mike Williams and all Nope the same exact same nothing's changed Herbert has all the talent they don't use him or he doesn't trust himself or he looks good when they when they're behind it's just they're so disappointing to me because you look at them on paper and you see all of these big-name stars and the numbers and the numbers it's nothing yeah fantasy football studs on offense but Record is it's uh, nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's a nothing. Still bigger. on the outside. Looking. They might sneak into the playoffs. They might. But yeah, they've been disappointing to me, man. I thought they were going to finally take a step forward. And mostly, it came down to Kellen Moore. How Todd Munkin, I think, has elevated the the Ravens. That's uh, so what I thought Moore was going to do for the Chargers, and I am uh, uh, severely wrong on that one. Uh, first half MVP. Who's the first half MVP in your mind? Mm. I am not going to go with the quarterback.
1: I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. The touchdown streak that he was on, absolutely, absolute insanity. I think it's still active, if I'm not wrong.
0: It is. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. He's been the do-it-all guy for uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Yeah, give me Run CMC.
0: I like that. I think Christian McCaffrey should be. And I know he's not because his running backs. And it's so funny when I'm now in the, the face of. I, I was so in looking like, you like, running backs don't make a huge difference. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, he is he is a game changer. He definitely counts. He makes a difference. And it's still like, no, not even close. I think Tyreek Hill. Yeah. If I, mean, I had a vote right now, one. I would go Tyreek Hill. I think Tua has a, has a chance. Lamar has a chance. Christian should have a chance. But for me, I think Tyreek Hill. Dog is setting records. If you can't get consideration for setting records at your position, what are we doing here? Just make it a quarterback award then. Most valuable quarterback. Like, I get the positional value of quarterback's vastly more valuable than a wide receiver. I understand this. But if you are setting records at your position, shouldn't you be considered most valuable player? I mean, take Tyreek off the Dolphins. I don't, I don't think they have his offense. Yeah, they're not a threat. They're not a threat. And I get the game against the Chiefs. That was great. But the Chiefs also have, I think, one of the best defenses in the NFL in their top three. So that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Still on pace for over 2,000 yards, right? Yes. Well over 2,000 Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, just, it's absurd, man. So uh, for me, it's it's uh, Tyreek Hill. And it pains me to say a little bit. But I, I again, I, I give credit where credit's due, okay? Like, take take the Chiefs. Take the situation. Take take his trash talk, his smack out of this, Okay. You got to give credit where credit is due, and Tyreek has been that dude this year. Uh, all right, first half coach of the year. If you're voting right now, who is the coach of the year? Mm. It's between two. It's
1: between Harbaugh mm. and in Detroit, Dane Campbell. Yeah, I really did want this to see the Lions. Uh, you know, take that leap. Now they did get housed versus the uh, in in Baltimore, but. Uh, I I'm going to go with Dan Campbell. The Lions look like a threat, a real threat this year in the NFC.
0: Yeah, uh, Dan Campbell was my original um, candidate. I, I think because they were supposed to the next step forward. So it was a little tough because this this awards always based on. Expectations, right? It's why Andy Reid doesn't have just a, a box full. It's why Bill Belichick doesn't have an entire basement full of these awards. It's about expectations. I think Shanahan's a good one. Uh, before the slide of the Niners, I think, um, quite frankly, you, I mean, the, uh, yeah, Shanahan should have been... Uh, I, I was thinking Harbo when you said uh, Harbo originally. Um, Shanahan should have, before the slide, they've been on the three-game slid. I think Mike Tomlin, man. Jamaica Ryan's too, but I I think Mike Tomlin, he's got no quarterback. Kenny Pickett's is a bum. Yeah, he's had a deal with injuries to Deontay Johnson, and then George Pickens perpetually throwing a fit. David has been good, but I mean Najee Harris might be the most inefficient, inefficient running back in the entire NFL. They're five and three. Yeah, with a negative point differential. Dude, like, he's such a damn good head coach. He had a win game to Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Duck Hodges. The corpse of Big Ben, the weakened up Bernie's version of him. Like, it's wild to me how good of a head coach Mike Tomlin is. I know he gets his due a lot. I still think he needs more. I mean, again, that team is buns. I thought they were horrible. And a lot of people picked him as like an underdog pick. And I'm like, I'm looking at that roster going, no, they're not. Yeah. And Pat Fryman has been injured as well. Like... They have surpassed expectations for me. If they make the playoffs, I have no idea how you don't pick Mike Tomlin as coach of the year. Yeah, I'm with
1: you. That team's
0: atrocious to me. Kenny Pickett is not that guy. He is not that guy. Um, All right, final one before we get a break. This is a fun one. Uh, What was the best offseason move from the first half of the season? Player, coach, decision. What was the best one? I know the worst one. The worst one was Carolina. Not even close. The worst one's Carolina giving up the uh, obscene amount of draft capital. Also, their wide receiver one to turn around and draft uh, what's looking like the third best quarterback. Again, it's really early. Yeah, really early. You know, I, I understand that. I'm not trying to just judge completely now, but CJ Stroud clearly looks better. And I thought he was better coming out of the draft, and then Anthony Richardson looked like a uh, I wasn't high on him personally. I'll, I'll own that one. I think it, the the risk was too much for me. I was too risk averse. I said CJ Stroud's the safe option. Uh, Anthony Richardson is the potential game changer. Also franchise sinker. Bryce Young, I, I was like, I don't quite see the upside, and I don't see the floor. Yeah, like I I don't think Bryce Young could be a bust, but I like I I didn't see it with him. I understand not going with Richardson, but man, that first pick not getting Stroud to me was a huge miss. And now you don't have DJ Moore or the draft capital. That's the big. That's the worst decision. But the best one's interesting here. So I, when you asked that question, I
1: originally thought the immediate thought was CJ Stroud, but I'm actually I'm actually going to go with Anthony Richardson in the Indianapolis Colts. Now I know he's been uh, basically shut down. He's going to have surgery, but he looks like a Early on, he looks like a game-changing type of player. Um, he's going to be a project for sure, but I'm glad Indy finally took the risk and they stopped doing this carousel of of veterans. So, you know, they went with Wince, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan. Enough, get your guy, go for it. And I'm glad they did.
0: Yeah, that that was a good decision. I was questioning it at the time. I, I think it was the right move based on who was on the board. It was, it was C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and then Richardson. I, I get that. But I was still, again, I was a little risk adverse to him. But when you've been perpetually stuck in that 500-ish mode uh, before, obviously, last year, you've been stuck in this mode of, yeah, we'll just get a veteran and we'll be okay, but it's not going to move the needle. We, we're really no chance of, of winning anything in the playoffs. you got to take the plunge. Take the plunge. I think it's going to work out for them. So I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm going Todd Munkin to the Ravens OC. I know I've been really high on the Ravens, but I think it's for good good reason. That offense looks different than it did in the past. It's not your typical Ravens offense. They do that stuff still. They can still get downhill. They can run on you at will if they want to. But it's not all they do now. They open it up a little bit by throwing the football vertically more. I think to me that's the biggest, the biggest one. I think the other one you can make a case for is the Bears trading out, or uh, trading out of number one. I know you might say, well, why they stuck with Justin Fields? Well, they're probably going to get two top five draft picks right. and maybe even like one in right. three. If you want that, you can have it. You know, I, I'll entertain it. I, I'm. I thought personally, if it were me, I would have drafted C.J. Stroud. If you don't believe in Justin Fields, and maybe they did, but I didn't, and if you don't believe in that guy being your number 1 quarterback, take another quarterback. Yeah, Trade Fields, while you still had trade value. Some team would have given you something pretty substantial for him. Now you don't, Mm-mm. and now what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. a quick runner-up for me would have just been in Baltimore is just paying Lamar Jackson. He looks great this year, and I'm not sure why he's not higher on people's uh, MVP lists. Yeah,
0: I think he should be up there as well. I, I do think part of it is people are just waiting for the injury to happen since he's not been able to finish, what, three straight seasons or two of the past yeah. three. I get that. Yeah. But uh, uh, are you thinking the Ravens? Or the, um, yeah. I mean, the Falcons? Yeah. Lamar had chances to go get this guy. Instead of Taylor Heineke yeah. or Desmond Ritter, <laughs> you're telling me the Falcons in that atrocious NFC South wouldn't have uh, been a little better off with Lamar? Yeah, maybe so. And Also, Arthur Smith is just an absolute buffoon. Arthur Smith, (laughs) dog, there's no coming out and saying we don't care about your fantasy football team as you're not using Kyle Pitts. This is about real football, guy. You're not winning. Yeah, Like, I get it if you're winning games and then you're like, you know what, it's not about fantasy football. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get that. You're losing games. And you're only using Jonu Smith and Tyler Algier when all the analytics and all the backing numbers show you Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson are better and more effective. Yeah, three top ten no picks.
1: sense. Drake London, yeah, top ten pick. Bijan and Pitts, obviously. And Pitts had a great rookie year, I and think. they're all
0: and they, they're all good players. Yeah, it's not like these are, these are guys that you look around and like, yeah, well, they just suck. They can't yeah. get open. Like you know, they're, they're bust. It's not Trent Richardson back there. Yeah. Like but like seriously, like. Everyone around the NFL agrees these are good players, and you're just using the bad ones or the average ones. I mean, listen you have to at least be decent to get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I don't under- understand what Arthur Smith is doing, hitching his wagon to a what undrafted running back and a nomad, basically a journeyman tight end. Journeyman tight end. It's it's a wild situation going on down there in Atlanta. We will take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch. ESPN, Kansas City. <laughs> Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN at Kansas City. Can't wait to watch just an incredible Thursday night football game tonight. It's gonna be so entertaining. I'm not gonna lie, though, it might be entertaining. Sometimes you pit two terrible teams together. Leads to fireworks. Two bad defenses. You have the uh, Adam Thielen. DJ Moore, Revenge Game, right? You have you have that. You have uh what's it? Tyler uh Bagent? Bagent? Bagent. Bagent? Secret Bagent man? The Secret Bagent. Oh my goodness. You know, when the NFL originally put this schedule together they go, "All right. This is going to be great. Bryce Young first overall draft pick, Panthers going to be rolling. Bears with Justin Fields. Ooh. We're cooking something up. And then November 9th, and you look at a 1-7 and team facing a 2-7 and team with secret Bayjit man against Bryce Young, who has been buns. Yeah,
1: to me, they, they were hoping for the upside. They're like, oh, Justin Fields, Young and rising star, number one pick, yeah. It, but I also see all the teams on by, Philly, Miami, Kansas City. mm it feels It's just a filler week of primetime games this, this week.
0: We got spoiled last week. Last week had so many good games. Cowboys, Eagles, Chiefs, Miami, and obviously uh, Bengals and Bills. But it was just a great week of football last week. Just so many good games. Games that mattered. Um, you look around this week and you're like, ah, we've got the toilet bowl on Thursday night. Uh, six plunger bowls on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to have to be
1: making some bets just to get through it.
0: It's a great day to uh, really catch up on your sleep. Sunday is going to be a good yard. I'm going to watch football, obviously, because let's be real now. <laughs> Come on. yeah. I'm going to sit on my couch and watch football. I don't care. It could be anyone. Anyone in the NFL. I'm going to watch it. But also might be a good day to get some uh, yard work done. Well, I don't know. There's going to be a Sunday morning game. i got to wake up early and watch the Colts and New England. <laughs> How pissed do you think Bill Belichick is right now? Belichick who sits at two and seven, talks about being canned. Your offense has been horrendous. Jones Jones's cheeks, and then you have to go play an early game in Germany at 8.30. You think he's thrilled?
1: No, not at all.
0: I feel bad for the, for the uh German fans, you know and watch that a week after getting Miami in Kansas
1: City. Here comes Mac and Gardner.
0: I know that game wasn't great, the the Dolphins and Chiefs, but I mean it. It wasn't high scoring, I should say, but it was still a good game, right? A lot of explosive plays, yeah. the, the defense from the Chiefs. There were still some explosive, fun things to look out for. When, when has Mac Jones ever been explosive?
1: That that game-winning
0: drive he led against. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> never, never. Oh man! All right, but tonight's game, Panthers and Bears. Who do you have, and why? Do I have to pick?
1: I'll go Panthers, just because uh, I don't trust the secret Bay agent. And to be honest with you, Sterling, I have not watched a minute of Chicago Bears football since they played at Arrowhead.
0: I'm actually going with the Bears, and hear me why. If the Bears win, they actually boost their chances of the number one overall pick in the draft. Good call. Oh wow! Because they own the Panthers. oh i like that if the bears win not only do they win the football game it also helps their tank job yeah like imagine that you get a tank and you get the pick Mm. that's that's chestnut
1: checkers that's that's good football this is
0: a win win scenario for the bears this is what you want to see so for that reason i'm picking the bears they want that number one overall draft pick uh, what if the players sabotage? It's like the anti-tank, right? You know, players don't want to tank. And the player's are like, you know what? No, screw you guys. We don't want to help you, the organization out. We're going to lose. Oh man, that's a high IQ level move by. Maddie. This is a it's high, yeah. This is a high IQ move right here. G- good move by the Bears. They they need to win this game, and I I think they will. Also, I need a big game from Adam Thielen. Don't ask me why. Well, you know why. Put put $5 on it, because I'm a big spender. I don't know if you know this about me. Yeah, big bet guy. Uh-huh. Five bucks. That, that's like the max I go. So wish me luck tonight. Kyle, this was fun. We'll be back live in studio tomorrow from 3 to 4 p.m. Until then, we are out.